We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here. As always, we are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thank you, Yahoo, for your sponsorship all season long, both baseball and football. Uh, my co-host today is none other than Tom Kasnick from the NFFC. Obviously, you, you guys hear us a lot on Sirius and XM Fantasy Sports Radio. We love Tom and Greg. They put on a great product, uh, baseball, football, hockey now is now a big product. They got hoops coming up. Tom, how are you? Doing good, Jeff. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to help out and talk a little football this week. Should be a great week. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've gotten mixed results in my NFFC team so far. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Want to start off with the news of the day. You know, I woke up this morning and there's an Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter report on Melvin Gordon. And I don't know what to make out of it, to be honest with you. I, I read it and I'm like, okay, he he could come back sooner than a plan and plan. It could rejoin the team soon. He, you know, he was planning to rejoin the uh, chargers at some point in October, some point in October is next week, but right. you know, what do you make out of this news? Well, you know, if, if we want to look at this best case scenario for Melvin Gordon, I think Melvin Gordon's looking at the chargers going, they're in a lot of trouble and they can use me. And I want to play football. And I, I do think Melvin Gordon wants to play football at the end of the day. I do, too. And I think that may be what's spurring this is, honestly, he's looking at their team and going, yeah, Austin Eckler has been good, but Melvin Gordon's great. I mean, there's just a difference. You know, one guy's really, really good. The other guy's good. There's a difference. And I do think the Chargers miss him. And maybe that's what this is about. But ultimately, if you did draft Austin Eckler you had, or, or Melvin Gordon, you had to know Gordon was coming back at some point. All the tea leaves were telling us that. What we didn't know was when, and now it sounds like imminent might be the best way to describe it. Right. It's not going to happen. If he does, like, report to camp today, for instance, uh, Wednesday, for start of practice, you know, 
it'd still be too late for him to play this week, most likely. Even Zeke needed a couple extra days beyond that to ramp up. And Gordon's been out longer than that. So I would think, like, if he reports today, maybe he plays week five. Maybe, you know, more likely week six even before he gets his full load. And it might even not be the same workload that he saw prior to his holdout just because Eckler's proved to be pretty competent. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing I would mention along those lines. I agree with that completely. We had a, a Chargers beat writer on our show, uh, on the serious show, months ago. And it feels like an eternity ago. Right. For the holdout. And he said the plan going into the season was to minimize Gordon's touches early in the year so that he wouldn't get hurt and so that he'd be there for their big December stretch of games that they've got. So the plan all along was to utilize Eckler more early than they had last season. So, yes, I think if Gordon comes, it, when Gordon comes back, you can assume Eckler is still going to have a, a decent-sized role and Gordon's role will be minimized and they'll amp him up gradually because they want him there in December, assuming they're still in the playoff hunt at that time, which is a legitimate question right now. Yeah, and, you know, they're one and two. They happen to be in the right division. I mean, the Chiefs are there, but, you know, it's it's the same as last year. It's the Chiefs and Chargers. The Broncos and the uh, Raiders aren't going to provide much resistance in terms of, maybe in an individual game they might, but in terms of, like, challenging for the division, challenging for a wild card spot even. Uh, They first play the Chiefs in Week 11, then they're on by. Then, like you said, a backloaded schedule. Minnesota in week 15. KC at KC in week 17 could be a huge game. Or who knows? If they don't catch up soon enough, meaningless. It's possible. It's one of those two. But uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I yeah that that's the big news of the day. Well, you know, right now it's not actionable for this week. But, you know, in fact, I love Eckler this week against uh, the Dolphins. I love all the Chargers this week. I think, I think this is the Mike Williams game we've been waiting for. Okay. Okay. I could see that. Uh, finally gets his target, you know, holds on to his target in the end zone this time as opposed to the Detroit game. Could be right about that. Definitely the Chargers defense. This is like, this is, uh, you know, where you, they make up and they, they're, they're everyone's number one rated defense this week on everybody's weekly rankings, waiver wire pickups and all that. Uh, if you're streaming defenses, good time to have them. You know, they're, I found them available in one of my uh, early pickup leagues. I had a league on Yahoo where we had a waivers last, waiver run last night and they were available there, so... Uh, I, I actually won the bid on that one. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they're not available more often because I would have thought once the Derwin James injury hit, people would have backed way off them. Yeah. Because uh, we've seen the impact already. So, But obviously this week is a great week to use them. Absolutely. Uh, other big item, news items, Cam Newton. It's believed he'll have a Liz Frank injury. Uh, not just a sprained foot, but something – well, not – and. Sprains always have various different meanings, but this is supposed to be uh, this is looking to be a lot more severe than initially expected. Clearly, it is more severe because it had a relapse of it in that Thursday night game. Uh, didn't play last week. It's already been declared out for this week. You know, Kyle Allen actually looked pretty good. Now, granted, it's grading on the curve is against the Cardinals. What do you what do you what do you think of this situation here? Well, yeah, it's a bad situation for Cam. Obviously, um, you know that's the thing. The reports about Cam felt a little too good to be believable right. all off season and through camp. And I, I fell into it a little bit. I don't have any shares, fortunately, but I, I did kind of start to think that maybe I'll target him. I missed out. Good fortune there, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, it's just he hasn't been good in so long. And Kyle Allen, granted, last week against the, the Cardinals, not a tough matchup. Week 17 or whatever, you know, that, that is what it is. This will be a tougher matchup. Right this week, we'll learn a lot about Kyle Allen this week. But you have to be impressed with the fact that he stand, stood in the pocket, made use of his targets, got the ball to Samuel, got the ball to DJ Moore for the big play. Of course, McCaffrey does what he does, and Greg Olson's just been rejuvenated. It seems this season. So there's there's a lot to like with Kyle Allen. I do think this matchup's a lot more difficult than what they had a week ago. But you know, if you need him, you know, if you're a Cam owner and that was your guy to get. You know, I think you roll him out there. He's got the weapons. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. Uh, You know, I I like it against Houston this week. I like Samuel and Moore. Um, Olsen, you know, I think that might have been a little bit of a one-off. I mean, that's not true. He's had, you know, he's going to get his targets. But, I mean, just the ease of those targets were against Arizona and the way they handled tight ends. I I have to say, I'm big on Will Disley this week because of that. Well, I mean, Will Disley's had two great games in a row without yeah. a doubt. 
lot of targets. Russell Wilson, I, I've said this on Twitter. I said it on our serious show. I thought people were making a huge mistake letting Russell Wilson fall like they did. Now, I wasn't expecting 400 yards passing in week three and two rushing touchdowns and all that, but he is a proven top-level fantasy quarterback with top five upside every season. I know everybody was excited about some of those guys early, but to let Russell Wilson fall, I mean, there were a lot of times in the drafting season where he was the 13th quarterback being taken in the NFFC, and to me, that was just a gift. Yeah, uh, I, I was only able to swoop in on it in one of my three NFFC leagues. Uh, I got Lamar Jackson, the other, so I'm pretty, I'm okay with that. You're okay. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's... And the thing is, the fear is always Brian Schottenheimer. Is he going to limit the passing attempts? Well, when Chris Carson keeps losing fumbles, well, guess what? Russell Wilson has to throw more. And and also their best offense is when you put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. I mean, you don't you don't want to run for his life all the time and make him plays on the run, even though he's great at it. But giving him the the opportunity to run your offense and be in control of it, that's when they're at their best. And Tyler Lockett, I know I know lists. Didn't like our pick of Tyler Lockett when Greg and I took him mm-hmm. in the A-League. We both liked him a lot. I'm, I'm a huge Lockett guy, and now they've got a little Disley in there. they got a little DK Metcalf. Again, there's weapons in this passing game, and if Chris Carson hangs on to the ball, now they've got offensive balance. Yeah, and when they get Penny back, that's another option in case he doesn't hold on to the ball. Uh, Penny actually looked good against the Steelers. And then picked up that hamstring injury in practice last week. We'll see if he's able to go. Pete Carroll has said hopeful that he'll be able to return to practice as early as Thursday. Pete Carroll's never not been hopeful. No, Pete Carroll is as Pete Carroll is the more pleasant version of Bill Belichick when it comes to lying about injuries. Yeah, he is. He, he you know, someone tweeted at us. Pete Carroll is optimistic global warming is going to stop by next week too. Exactly. Or hopeful, hopeful that. Yeah, hopeful is the key word definitely there. Um, one other uh, main note, uh, Jalen Ramsey d- probably won't play against Denver this week. And given all that's going on, I think people are legitimately questioning, you know, how bad are these injuries? At first, it started with the flu, then it is a back, uh, and there's a hamstring injury mixed in there, and he's now not expected to play against the Broncos. Yeah, he's, he's not hurt. I mean, <laughs> blue flu, know, huh? Definitely blue flu. Jacksonville and they don't want to trade him until they get their demand, which makes sense from their perspective. But whatever happened in the meeting with him and Tom Coughlin put a dagger into the chances of Jalen Ramsey wanting to play for this team again. So it's just, it's a bad situation, but the, the Jaguars need to be smart that, uh, you know, they don't sell him for pennies on the dollar because he is a, a high, you know, a top level corner. Now he's going to want a big contract coming up soon. So, Whoever trades for him has got to take that into consideration. But every contending team that has issues in the secondary, and I'm looking right at you, Kansas City, yes. Philadelphia, to name should be should be talking to the the Jaguars every day about this. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty of conversations going on. And you know, the Jaguars might be saying one thing, like we don't want to trade them, and meanwhile talking to other teams on the other side. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised by that. And I don't blame them either. I mean, that's how you have to handle it there. Uh, so yeah, I, I I totally agree with you on this. And you know. Unlike running backs, there's definitely a market for corners. You mentioned those two teams. I mean, what team wouldn't be helped by Jalen Ramsey? I mean, he's awesome. There's no doubt about that. Yep. No, I, but I, I'm looking. There, there are teams certainly. I mean, that, that are strong defensively. Like the Patriots wouldn't don't necessarily need him. Sure. Uh, I don't think the Packers. Believe it or not, I don't think the Packers really do at this point. But you know, the Eagles absolutely do. The Chiefs are got to be the team with the biggest amount of interest because that could really lock them in as, as the Super Bowl favorite if they were to get a, a big-time impact player on defense because that's what they need. Yeah, total shutdown corner like that. Yeah, can you imagine him going up against Keenan Allen twice twice a season? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's what as they need. Owner, as a Mike Williams owner a few spots, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yes, I'm sure you would be uh, you know quite happy with that indeed. A uh, quick note from uh, one of our sponsors, Sideboss. Hey, football fans, week four of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Sideboss has got you covered. If you missed entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join week four and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Sideboss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Sideboss weekly or daily free-to-play games, 
get all the picks correct, and boom, win cash and an entry into the Side Boss $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code ROTOWIRE. Tom, uh, who, who does more of the reads for you and Greg? Do you guys take turns? How do you guys handle it for your Wednesday show? Uh, well, we divide them up. Uh, so I'll do the – we got the two reads, of course, for a two-hour show. I got one on – in the uh, first hour, one in the second hour. So I'll let Greg do the second hour. I do the first hour. Okay, very good. That's a good way. Division of responsibilities there. Yep. Who do you guys have going on for tonight's show? Do you guys uh, have any big guests? Uh, well, well, yeah, we, what we do every Wednesday now is we preview the Thursday game. So we bring in reporters from each team. So, of course, for tonight, that means it's the Eagles and Packers. And then uh, Derek Butcher joins us because uh, we got a contest that we run every week on our Fanball DFS site. It's Tom versus Derek. Nice. We play in a contest, and we talk some fanball DFS prices and have some fun with that. So that will be the, the three main guests. We'll, of course, take phone calls and all that good stuff, too. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, and it's interesting. I was, do you bring yourself in for the Green Bay side of things, or are you actually going to bring in you know, someone that is a, a live reporter now since you, you used to do that? Reporter, not someone, not a former and ex-reporter. No, we'll have an actual person who covers the team now. Okay, very good. Uh, so let's look at that game. Uh, I, I wanted to do that anyhow with you. Well, it's a preview of the preview, if you will. Uh, Packers, Eagles, could, one of the two best games on the slate as far as I'm concerned, uh, at least ahead of time. I like, you know, I like this matchup, and I, I think New Orleans and Dallas is another very interesting game on Sunday night. Uh, Eagles really hurting. You know, Ronald Darby's banged up. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's been ruled out. Alshon Jeffrey will play. Dallas Goddard played nine snaps and had a bad drop on one of those uh, last week. What do you expect out from the Eagles side of things here? Well, I mean, certainly getting Jeffrey back at full strength will help them a lot. We're expecting to see more of Goddard than, than the nine snaps, like you said. So that'll help them as well. You know, I, this is, I, I like this game, too, as a, as a fan. It's one of those I wish it wasn't on Thursday because you're always worried about how Thursday impacts yeah. potentially good matchups. And this is a potentially good matchup. I think which, if you're the Eagles, what you what you have to do first and foremost, you got to protect Carson Wentz. The Packer pass rush has been pretty good. Um, I don't know how much success you'll have throwing the football on him. So that means can you run the ball? And does that mean it's going to be Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, some kind of combination? But I think you've got to run the football and put less pressure on Wentz to make big plays through the air because this Packer secondary has been pretty darn good so far. It has. It really has. So – uh, you know, and that's the thing is they dared Denver to run the ball last week. They just said, okay, go ahead. Beat us on the ground. See if you can. Uh, we're just not going to let Sanders and Sutton beat us. Uh, and it worked for them. Now they got the benefit of one of the worst holding calls I've seen of the season, uh, on that, uh, called yeah. back, uh, touchdown run for Royce Freeman. But, and that, that's saying something given the, the, the enormous jump in holding calls that we've seen. Cause you know, with the NFL, they're so smart. They're like, you know what this league needs? More holding calls. That'll capture the public's attention. Ugh. It, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I hope this goes the way of the roughing the passer stuff that we saw at the early, early last season. You know how bad those calls were and the NFL realized, yeah, we got to stop calling all this stuff. So hopefully that we see more of that uh, in terms of fewer holding calls. Because, yeah, that was, as a Packer fan, that was a horrible call. Uh, Freeman should have been a touchdown two weeks ago. Uh, Delvin Cook got called for something. I don't know what it was and negated a Stephon Diggs touchdown against the Packers. So the Packers certainly have gotten, whereas early last season, they may not have gotten some calls to go their way. If you think about the Clay Matthews roughing the passer call, yeah. for example, this year they've, they've gotten some breaks when it comes to bad calls. Right. Usually the bad calls in a long, like five-year run will even out. Not in one season though. Not in one, certainly not in one game. Uh, you know, you can get the, uh, definitely the bad end of calls certainly there. And I think when you develop a reputation as having a bunch of thugs, if you're having a bunch of guys that commit penalties, well, they're going to look askance at you and everything is going to call. I think that absolutely happens with the Bengals. I think it, well, it certainly happened in, uh, with perfect certainly happened uh, with Adam Jones, you know, that, that playoff game against the Steelers. I mean, Perfect, you know, earns everything he gets. But, you know, the Adam Jones thing that settled the game happened because a Steelers assistant coach was on the field. They didn't call that. But, you know, okay, whatever. Not better. Not holding on to that. Not the only chance to win a playoff game in the last 20 years or anything, but that's fine. Uh, no no Steeler, Steeler angst when it comes to me at all. Not so, none whatsoever. <laughs> no, I agree with you, though, about your reputations. But here's, here's what I hope. You know, 
if, if holding is so predominant in the NFL, and it is, then make it the egregious ones. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can call holding on every play, but we don't need you to prove that on Sunday right. or Thursdays, Mondays. So make it the egregious example. And here's the other thing. I thought Tony Romo came up with a really good idea a couple of weeks ago where he said, you know what, make it a five-yard penalty. And I agree with that. If you're going to call it 20 darn times a game, five yards, you know, because you're not, you're not getting 20 pass interference calls 20 times a game. So if it's going to be this Don't week, give him any ideas. Don't well, give him any ideas. Please don't. Right. But if it's going to be a routine penalty, make it a routine penalty. Five yards. I, I actually like that. I, I, I'd support that. Uh, somebody needs to bring that up uh, with the rules committee in the offseason. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. For that matter, I'd like to make pass interference not 35 yards, but I, I mean, or, you know, spot foul every time. I'm, I'm torn with that one because I, I, in theory, I agree with it, but there are examples where you see a guy running wide open 40 yards downfield and he's being tackled, yeah. you know, or 50 yards. Right. Sure. Now, if you're at your own 20 and this happens at their 10, you should get the spot foul. You should get that. But I agree. I agree with you. that. That's a trickier one for me. I'm, I don't I haven't been able to get to a real good place with how I want to do that. I don't I don't I agree with you that it doesn't always work in the NFL, but I don't think that the college way works correctly all the time either. Yeah. You know, and for that matter, reviewing pass interference, I one bad call should not make a law. That's that's the way I'm at. I can't stand the delays we're getting for these pass interference reviews. Even you know, even if it, in some cases it's worked out, it just takes so long. Well, again, we'll go back to you guys getting the in running on the right side of variance again with the Vikings game with the overturning Diggs's touchdown because they found something because they review all scores. Oh look, we found an offensive pi. Sorry, no touchdown. It wasn't even. I didn't even know what that was though. I know. Packers fan, right? I, but I, I don't think uh, Cook did any. He might have stood in front of a guy. He wasn't clearly trying to block some. I don't know what that call was. That was really, really bad. It was hideous. It was absolutely yeah. hideous, and it really was annoying to me. So, All right, so that's my soap, soapbox there for that. Um, we'll talk about uh, you know other ref calls later, but let's get back to this Green Bay uh, Eagles game. You know, both running backs, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, a little bit banged up this week. Uh, both are expected to play. They kind of got eased into the week. Jones with his shoulder and Williams with his neck. Are Is either injury one to be worried about? I don't think so. They both practiced in full yesterday. I really, I'm not worried about the Aaron Jones thing yet. I understand Jamal Williams got more touches, more uh, carries and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. last week. I think there were a couple of factors for that. I think number one, I think the conditions let, Jamal Williams is a mutter. He, he is. That, I mean, everyone around the Packers will tell you that. He, he likes playing in those conditions. And I think maybe that he kind of got going a little bit, and so they decided to use him. And also they had a short week against a much more difficult opponent, right? Yeah. And I, I would be shocked if Jones doesn't get around 20 touches tonight. I, I do think this is a game where you're going to want to use Aaron Jones a little bit and you, more. So I'm not overly worried about the whole Jones scaling back thing. I don't think Matt LaForce figured this out yet, that Aaron Jones needs to be his guy, but it's still only week four. And I do think I, I like Aaron Jones a lot this week. Yeah, I do too. I actually also really like, and the only thing I don't like is the Eagles might key on him like the key done carry on Johnson. That might be the only uh, downside to that. I, I'm big on Devonte Adams this week. I think, as you mentioned, the Eagles are hurting at corner and Adams, I think, He's been fine. He hasn't been great. You know, he hasn't had that big game yet, but he's going to, it's coming. I think it's coming. It might be Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, they have not stopped wide receivers at all. I mean, they've been torched in all three games by wide receivers. Last week was Marvin Jones, you know, so it may not be the number one guy, but really, so Delta Scantling, certainly an option this week too, a viable play. Sure. But I do think this is, this is our Devonte Adams games. If you, if you drafted Devonte Adams in the first round, which you should have, this is this is the night you get rewarded, or this is the week you get rewarded for that. And and I I think better games are coming for him as well. You know, four targets a game. I mean, come on. Again, this is fundamental football. You you get the ball to your best players. That's what good coaches do. I, hopefully, Lafleur figures this out. But certainly, the matchup is glorious for Adams tomorrow night. Absolutely, that's that's the same way I feel about that. Uh, on the Eagle side of the ball, I like Miles Sanders a lot. I think that uh, again, they're going to challenge the Eagles to try to beat them on the ground. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to try to take away Ertz. 
they're going to probably try to take and try to take away Jeffrey and make him, you know, go with the untested types. Sanders was in a lot. Uh, he got four targets and had another one called back due to a penalty. Uh, he was in, a, you know, he was a target, I think, on the first two plays even for uh, the Eagles last week. Uh, they We saw a lot less of Sproles. Jordan Howard looked okay in, in bits, but Sanders was pretty much the guy most of the game. I, I think, yeah, I think they got to try to run the football, and I think the Packers, I agree with you, I think they're going to try to take Wentz and the, the receivers and, and receiving options away and let Miles Sanders be the guy, just like they did it with Lindsey and Freeman last week. Um, and honestly, a little bit of that in week two as well against Minnesota. They, Dalvin Cook went crazy. They were fine with that. They took Thielen and Diggs out. So I think we see a little bit of that. It'll be interesting to see what kind of usage Miles Sanders gets because they really like the, the Eagles really like what they saw from Jordan Howard last week. They were excited about it. So, yeah. and we know what Doug Peterson is. He is a committee head coach. He's he, that's just who he is. So I, I don't think you should go into this game thinking, oh, Miles Sanders is going to get 15 to 20 touches. I think you can go into this game thinking he's got a shot for maybe 12 to 15 ish. So I'll give him a shot because I do think there's an opportunity here for him. Two straight teams in a row have run the ball well on the Packers. Obviously, one of those was Delvin Cook, who's the best player in fantasy right now. But the Lindsey-Freeman combination was pretty effective as well. Yeah. Mentioning, uh, oh, before we get to Delvin Cook for a second here, give me a final score in this game. Well, I, I think the Packers do win it, um, and that's not a homer call. I think they're the better team right now. Again, I think their defense is the X factor here. But I, I think that Rodgers and Adams – you know, finally break through against a bad secondary. And I'll, I'll say I will go 27-20. All right. I think it's going to be tight game. I'm going to go – I think it's going to be a late field goal. I think it's going to be Packers 27-24. So uh, – and I, I think it will be a tight one back and forth. I think the Eagles get a little healthier, and they, they're a little bit more effective as a result of that. You mentioned Dalvin Cook, best player in fantasy so far. Uh Bad matchup this week at Chicago. How much of a downgrade does he get? I mean, obviously you're playing if you own him, but I'm thinking more like DFS in terms of like, you know, I have to rank the players by position for the given week. I think it's a significant downgrade this week. It is. Here's the other thing I'd say that though. At some point the talent wins out, right? Yeah. I mean, think of people that were running scared from Alvin Kamara last week. And that worked out. Yes. Well. Now the matchup, not as felt obviously as Cooks is this week, but still Kamara played like Kamara. I think what you see here or what you should see here from the Vikings is utilizing him more as a receiver this week. So Mm -hmm. this could be a week where he catches five, six balls because he's not going to rush for 140 yards on the bears in all probability, but you know, he's a threat to take it to the house on any carry. And he's also, he's their goal line guy. So if they get close to the end zone, which is certainly possible, Washington did, you know, this past week. So, you start him, he's your RB1. You do lower the expectations, but I wouldn't. In, in DFS, I think there's contrarian value here because nobody's going to be playing. Nobody's targeting him, right? Everybody's going to be on McCaffrey or Elliott or, you know, the other top guys. They're, they're probably going to be fading Dalvin because of the price and the matchup. So I do think there's contrarian value here this week in DFS. There might be. There might be. I'm not saying Mike Zimmer is conservative, but uh, Fox News is deciding to develop a sports-related show, and they want him to host. But uh, Sorry, bad joke. Uh, is on the fly. Work with me here. But uh, it, he really is t- trying to dial down and emphasize the run a lot. And I, I can see it. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins makes a lot of terrible decisions when under pressure, and he wants to remove that as an option. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I've never been a big Kirk Cousins guy, even dating back to the Michigan State days. I, I think yeah. there's issues with him, and we've seen him. And there's no question what they want to do. They want to give this offense to Dalvin Cook and let Cousins operate on play action and so forth. But the Bears know that, too. And the Bears absolutely are going to do – they want to take Dalvin Cook out, and they want to make Kirk Cousins throw the football. I know Booger McFarland said the other night he'd never heard such a crazy thing about teams wanting a quarterback to beat you. But – you know what, Booger, it happens all the time, and it's going to happen again this week in this game. So if Cousins can make plays through the air, he doesn't have to make a lot because this is probably going to be a low-scoring game, but if he can avoid turnovers, make some plays, throw in the football, that could set Delvin Cook up for a touch. If he gets a touchdown, he comes through for you, right? Because he's going to probably get, you know what, at worst, 70, 80 yards total rushing, three, four catches. If he gets a touchdown, he's, he, he nails it for you. Yeah, he, he'll get the volume. We'll see. I think he. I think you're right that they need to kind of activate him in the passing game. 
I think that's where he's going to get some of those yards. I think it's going to have a hard time finding him on the ground. But you know what? All it takes is two big plays, really, well, and that, that's it. Right, and I will say now the game script was different here. Washington was playing from behind right from the start, but Chris Thompson made plays in the passing game on Monday night. Yeah. And Dalvin Cook is better than Chris Thompson as a receiver. He's just better, period. Yeah. So certainly if you're the Vikings, you should be looking at that film going, I think we have some opportunities here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And Terry McLaurin got his again. Man, what a find he's been. Oh, what a – I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm in Big Ten country, obviously, in Wisconsin, so I saw him play. And I liked him, but I sure didn't like, I didn't see this coming. Otherwise I would have been all over that in drafts. I, I have one share of him and it was picked up off the waiver wire after week one. So, I mean, what a, he just, he's a complete receiver. I mean, I, I'm stammering for words because he just does everything. He runs routes. Well, he has good hands. He's obviously good in the red zone. Um, he's tough in, in traffic that t- the c- touch on catch the other night was really good in traffic. Yeah. I mean, he's got great deep speed, and boy, oh boy, I, you know what? The matchup this week—if you got Terry McLaurin—I understand he's probably you probably got some good wide receivers because he was either a late pick or a waiver wire pickup. But you got to do everything you can to get him in your lineup. Yeah, against the Giants, absolutely. Look on bonkers on the Giants, so Terry McLaurin could absolutely do it for sure. For sure, uh, you know it, there is a catch in Week One against the Eagles he made in the two-minute drill along the sideline where he was contested yeah. up in the air, made the play. I was like, dude, that is not just making the easy wide-open catches. You know he's he is getting wide open. That's a skill too. But when he, you know catching the ball in traffic like that, that you know being the guy that your quarterback can count on, that is huge. And you can see Keenum trust him. Now, Keenum yeah. may not have the job much longer, but guess what? It's his college quarterback that will be throwing him the ball if they make the change. So that, that could be okay, too. And he scored 11 times at Ohio State last year. Didn't get the volume because Paris Campbell was still there and drafted ahead of him one by one round and got all the catches last year. But still, 11 scores is pretty good, for especially when you're only getting like 45 catches. Yeah, I, I you know what? He could be a league winner for people this year off the waiver wire. I, I, it, the, the, the comparison I have is, is Juju Smith-Schuster a couple of years ago, and he was a rookie. But that happened a few weeks later because everybody was still banking on Martavis Bryant for about three weeks. It wasn't until that Sunday night blow-up game that everybody was like, okay, now Juju has to be taken seriously. Yeah. So this has happened since week one. you know, And, and okay, so it started week two probably for most people. Um, but I do think you're talking about a consistent option. He is He's their number one receiving threat. He, they don't have a lot. They're probably going to be playing from behind most weeks because their defense isn't very good. So, and like you said, Keenan's serviceable throwing the football. He makes too many mistakes, but he's serviceable. But when he does get benched, it's going to be his guy throwing him the ball, Haskins. So, yeah, you got to feel really good about Terry McLaurin right now. Exactly. Before we move on to look at any more uh, week four contests and look at uh, the NFFC, quick note from our sponsors at Fantasy Draft. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 3. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited-time promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE and you'll get a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FancyDraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rate-free contests this season. Start playing on Fancy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. And we are back on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to Fancy Draft for sponsoring us. My guest is Tom Kastanik from the NFFC. I'm Jeff Erickson. Let's talk a little bit about the NFFC, Tom. What's working, what's not? I noticed that you look at the overall standings in various leagues and – there's not like one consistent draft position that's leading in most of these. It's all over the place. Yeah, I was just looking at that as well. Looking at the the prime time, for example, it's all it is all over the place. You look at the top ten spots; it's everywhere. In the Rotowire Online Championship, 
You look at the top 10. Again, that's all over the place. There is a little more of an edge to the back. Uh, you, you look at the top 10 right now, two teams with the 10th picker in the top 10. The number two team had the 12th pick. Number three team had nine. So what that kind of tells me is we're probably looking at a lot of Julio, Cook, yep. Keenan Allen starts, right? Because Julio was the first-round guy. Cook was mostly early second. And then Keenan Allen was often mostly early third. So if you landed those three guys, that's a heck of a way to start the year. But I think we're seeing a lot of that. But, yeah, ultimately – it's everywhere. You're, you're winning for everywhere because I think the bottom line was the, the top 25-ish or so this year was as strong as we've seen it maybe in fantasy history, but certainly in recent history. So you, there wasn't a bad spot in the first round. There were spots that were a little more preferable, but there really wasn't a bad spot 1 through 12. No, I agree. It's just a matter of avoiding that, that whammy. You know, it's, you know, avoiding Antonio Brown and avoiding now Bar- Barkley. You got McCaffrey instead of Barkley, you, you know, except for what, except even week two, he wasn't that great, but you're still a lot better off. You got Kamara, you're happier. Um, just avoiding those little whammies there, here and there. Um, and, you know, getting Cook was huge. Absolutely huge. I know I'm in the uh, classic. The four, Team 14 is leading my league. He's second overall. He went. He got Cook. He got Keenan Allen. He got you know, and Beckham. Beckham had a huge week too. Not much last week, but still, he's not hurting you. And that's that's also a takeaway too. We, we're three weeks in. You can have a bad week or two, and it's not the end of the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's such. It is. It goes by quickly, but it's still there's a lot of football that's played. So one bad week from a top player won't hurt you if you've got the depth on your team. Uh, multiple bad weeks become problematic. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at those classic standings, too. Congratulations right, for being top 10 team right now. That's well done. Uh, but, yeah, again, draft picks all over the place. But even in a 14-team where you got the team with the 14th pick coming out of your league in second place, and I think that speaks to the value of third-round reversal. That's why Absolutely. Because, I mean, obviously everybody wanted one of those top stud running backs, but if you didn't get it, you weren't ruled out. You know, the third place team in the, in the classic had the 13th pick. So I think that speaks to the value and the importance of third round reversal, especially when you've got a handful of outstanding running backs that everybody wants to try to get. Yeah, I'm ninth in the overall and fourth in my league. Uh, if it tells you anything. And there are four teams in the top 14 in our league. So, uh, so good, good job by us. Yay. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, 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 you're right. It is really, uh, you know, third round reversal is huge. I love playing third round reversal in football, especially. I think you have to do that. I noticed you guys don't do that in baseball. I'm sure every year people ask you, when are you going to go to third round reversal in baseball? Have you ever like seriously thought about it or is it something like, no, we're never going to do that. Well, actually, we, we were approached by uh, some of our baseball guys who also play football in Las Vegas the final week asking that very question. And so we are almost certainly going to bring out some satellite leagues that have third round reversal. Okay. We're not going to do that for the event, for the Roto-Wire Online Championship, the big contest. But we will bring out some satellite leagues that use it and see how people like it and see if it's necessary and have some fun. So we'll, we'll implement it on a a smaller term basis, but yes, that's definitely being talked about. And I think we're going to do it next year. Great. I love it. I, I love it. I like to, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that works. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll try to get into one of those there. Uh, I've done a couple of mocks already and I was 15 team mocks for baseball. I've been 10th and 11th. I think my two, the two mocks that I've done so far, and I kind of like it back there at, at third round reversal. I think I'd love it, but uh, we'll see. It'll definitely shape the pitching strategy. That's for sure. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I think anything that you can do to just make it a little more strategic and not just, you know, by the numbers makes it fun. And I, for me, anyway, as a player looking at it, it would make it fun. And I think there's there's certainly value to it in football. I think it's necessary. We do it in basketball. I think it's important there. Baseball, we typically haven't because the, the playing field was so strong, and it still is. But I do think if you can just bring it in to, to make it more strategic and, and give people the opportunity to go back there and, and maybe not go after Trout or Acuna or whoever, you know, at the top, it, it makes it more fun. And I think everybody enjoys it more. At least I, I, I believe that's the case. I really think third round reversal from a player's perspective makes the game more fun than it does just, you know, a straight regular draft. I like it. I like it. Uh, you're rolling out hockey this year too. Uh, I'm excited. I, I play in one hockey league, but we have, better guys on staff. So they're going to represent us. And uh, it's, would it be the NFHC? Is that what we're calling it? 
the yeah the NFHC. So if you want to sign up for hockey, you go to playnfhc.com. Derek Butcher, he's he's the man responsible for for hockey. He's a big hockey fan. He's in Minnesota. I, I know nothing about hockey, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what icing is. I'm, I've heard there's like a blue line or something. I don't know <laughs> anything about this sport. But it's exciting to be able to do it. We've talked about it for years. And now that we, we've got the opportunity to do it, we're, we're launching it, and it should be a lot of fun. And I think anytime you can just add to the, the quantity and quality of games that you offer people in the industry, it, it's fun. So we're, we're looking forward to it. It should be a fun year and a fun contest. Yeah, my experience has been hockey is a small group of people, but they're hyper-dedicated. Uh, Absolutely. So. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is, and I, and so as a consequence, I kind of get waxed in my uh, home league that I'm in for hockey. I've, I've contended, but I've never won the damn thing. Um, in part because it's during football season. It starts during the draft is during football season, and baseball's wrapping up at the same time. It's just really hard to kind of get there. Once once like baseball's done, football winds down. And then all of a sudden, I've got this mind share I can kind of dedicate. But then I'm catching up too. So uh, that that's been always been my problem. But uh, let's get back to uh, the NFFC, some of the things that are working, some of the things that are not working. You know, we we had more quarterback carnage than ever. You know, Breeze, Ben, Newton. Uh, that That's pretty big, three pretty big hits to take. You know, in the case of Breeze, he's, a, he's starting for someone for sure. Newton was probably starting for most people, and Ben was kind of on the fence. I mean, that, you know, we had it all at once. They usually don't have that. And Darnold, too. Yeah. I mean, not... Obviously not a major injury, but Mono only was out. So, yeah, it, it's week two was not a good week for for big name quarterbacks. That's for sure. It's opened up the waiver wire, and and we see a lot of divergence in terms of impact. Obviously, Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen made huge impacts. Mason Rudolph kind of salvaged himself a little bit late. I didn't think he was all that impressive for the majority of the game, but right. did end up with numbers. And then there's Bridgewater, who is is the textbook definition of a game manager. So we'll see if the Cowboys – I'm looking forward to that game too. You mentioned that earlier. I want to see if a team forces Bridgewater to throw the football more yeah. and more daring with his throws. I mean, checking down a Camaro, that's a great strategy. I'd do it too but it, you know, because he's so great. But if you're a defense, you got, you got to figure you got to try to take Camaro out. And the Cowboys have the speed on the outside to try to at least attempt it. And then you've got to figure out Michael Thomas, of course, and then, to me, the big question is, can they get something out of Jared Cook? I mean, this was a big acquisition for them. This was the return, supposedly, of the tight end position to this offense that we haven't seen since they traded Jimmy Graham years ago. Mm-hmm. And, we, and Cook has just been awful. I mean, he wasn't involved week one. He was okay with his catches, wasn't involved week two. He was atrocious. And then he wasn't involved again this past week. So we'll find out about Jimmy Graham. And I think, but to me, it's Teddy Bridgewater. And he's going to have to make plays because I think Cowboys score points on Sunday night. I'd be shocked if the Saints uh, stop this offense. Even yeah. At home. And there were two huge plays in the Seattle game that were kind of fluky. I mean, that completely changed the game flow of the game. The punt return for a touchdown and then Carson's fumble that was returned for a touchdown, especially whenever, you know, most people on the field didn't realize there was a live ball. And, you know, it was an easy return for a touchdown. It's just because it kind of popped out late. Uh but th- those were two huge plays. And then all you, you give away 14 points like that. Yeah. You got to throw the ball a lot more. And so, and, and you know, Seattle had to be uh, th- open it up more and the saints could afford to play as conservative as they wanted to. And keep in mind that game, what could have been closer? I mean, right. I mean, yeah. Wilson, a wide open Tyler Lockett in the end zone. That yeah. could have been a And, you know, then you look at, they kicked an extra point when they had a chance to come down by 10. I mean, maybe, you know, they probably don't score two more times, but you know, Pete Carroll didn't have his best day at the office either. So, um, but yeah, they, they basically took a lead because of a fluke, couple of fluke plays, which I guess was turnabout after getting robbed of the touchdown by the refs the week before. But can they do that against Prescott and Elliott and Cooper? That's a bigger test. Uh, certainly with Elliott who really hasn't gotten off yet. I know he went for 125 last week, but didn't score. So he hasn't had, a Zeke game yet. And I think that's going to be the focal point for the Cowboys is getting a Zeke game this week. Yeah. He's barely had any action in the fourth quarter yet. I mean, their schedule set up so nicely there. You start off uh, giants, Redskins, dolphins. I mean, three of the five or six doormats in the league. 
Yeah, that worked out really well for them, especially uh, given that they were trying to break in a new offense and ease Zeke in. I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better. Now, this will be a real one. Uh, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see how this one plays. Yeah, I am too. And it's not we're not going to see a lot of Tony Pollard this week, so I wouldn't expect that. I do think this will be a competitive game. I think the Saints can win, but the only way to do it is for Bridgewater to show more than he's shown since taking over for Breeze. Yeah. Want to know, uh, how do you think the tight end heavy strategy has worked out so far? You know, Kelsey has been just fine. Hasn't been killing it, but he hasn't never once hurt you either. Um, you know, so if you went him early, how do the, how is how are his owners stacking up so far? Well, I mean, he's great. I, I, I love Kelsey, but I'm not taking a tight end in the second round. And, and here's, I mean, it's three weeks, right? So mm-hmm. sample size, but... You look at the top tight ends in, in scoring right now. Evan Ingram's number one. Okay, he was an early-round pick. But then you got Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Greg Olson, Austin Hooper, Delaney Walker, who I, tr- I begged people to draft him because nobody was on him, and Will Disley. I mean, that's what we're seeing with the tight end production right now. We're seeing all these guys that were outside the top 12, some of whom, like Olson, for example, were an afterthought in drafts. Right. And they're dominating the tight end scoring, which to me tells you – just like quarterbacks, it's great to have the really great one. It's fun to have Mahomes, but you know what? Like in your situation, if you waited and got Lamar Jackson, you're not complaining because you've got better players at running back and wide receiver in the first couple of rounds than those other teams did that used one of those early picks on Mahomes. Same with Kelsey in the second. You've got a better running back or wide receiver in the second, and you're able, hopefully, to get competent or maybe even really good tight end play much later when there was certainly no running backs and wide receivers of note. Right. Yeah. That, and that, that's held mostly true. Although the funny thing is of my three NFFC teams, the one I thought was the best was the first beat Jeff Erickson on, uh, in the Rotowire online. And, you know, we drafted August 3rd. It was right after the first one. I thought, Oh, I got all these good deals that, you know, as we were approaching week one, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a powerhouse team. No, it's 12th place, Tom. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, at Barkley, Gurley, oops, you know, I took him at two two eleven. I was like, okay, fine, you know, I, you know, I, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs, another fantastic pick there. You know, it was, you know, it's really funny how I like, oh, this is really good. Hey, I got Miles Sanders late. I got Singletary late. I got all these guys late. You know, and they all could be fine, but they, I have to be able to start one of them at some point, and it, it's getting frustrating now that Barkley's hurt, and I never got that monster game out of him. I'm I'm chasing yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, I do. I, for what it's worth, I do like Gurley a lot this week. Matchup's really good. Um, yeah. But the question there with Gurley is they've got to start using him in the passing game. And there's just no excuse for this. If, if you're going to talk that there's no ma- work management, workload management, whatever it was Sean McVay said the other night, and there's no issues with the knee, okay, prove it. Use him in the passing game. I mean, you've got a court. Jared Goff has not been that good to start the year. Let's be honest right. there. So why wouldn't you get him the get the ball to Gurley, get him some easy completions, let Gurley operate in space if there's no issues with Todd Gurley's knee? I mean, that seems to be fundamental football. It's certainly what Sean McVay did before. So if there are no issues with Gurley, let's see it. Let's see it on the field. Let's see it in the passing game. And it certainly could happen this week. Again, I love I love all the key runs. I even like golf this week. So the matchup is that good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I, he has four catches for eight yards so far this yeah. season. It's just out. It's just outrageous. I mean, that, that should be a quarter, right? That should have been like the first quarter of week one, four catches, eight yards. I mean, this is a guy who should be catching five, six balls a game. And if, if golf was just slinging it all over the field and all three of those receivers are going crazy. Okay. Maybe you'd have an argument, but that's not happening. You really got two receivers playing well. Woods is off to a slow start. Cup and Cook, Cup's been great. Cooks has been solid, but Goff needs help. Give him help. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, before we move on, uh, one more quick note from our sponsors at Yahoo. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. 
Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. And we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Tom Kasnick. Uh, we are reviewing what's working, what's not working in the NFFC. We're looking at week four. We mentioned a couple of games so far, uh, including the Saints uh, and the Cowboys, the uh, Packers and the Eagles. Uh, you know, in a little bit, we talked about the Rams and the Bucks. You know, on, you know, I had someone ask about Robert Woods uh, this week, and I think part of the problem is, you know, this, the Rams haven't really had that, you know, quintessential Rams game. And I don't know if it's because Gurley's not himself or is it that they've been solved a little bit, has Goff been solved a little bit? But I am a little bit worried about Robert Woods. Seems like uh, Cooks and uh, Cooks, is, Cooks gets his. Cooper Cup obviously gets his. Woods hasn't so far had that game yet. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a couple of things. I mean, they have tried. Um, you know, they even give them some jet sweep stuff and right. tried and going. Um, I do think Goff really, 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 really trusts Cooper Cup. I mean, and yep. and you've got a good slot receiver. That guy can become the quarterback's best friend pretty quickly. So I think there's that's part of it. I also think they haven't been in a game where they've had to just launch it, you know, forty five times. They haven't been in one of those games. And we saw that early last season. I mean, I mean, we all know about the Chiefs game, but even earlier, if you remember that Vikings game, uh, you know, that was a game where that was a Thursday night game. Cousins was fantastic and, and was forcing Goff to put a lot of points up. Nobody's doing that yet. So the Saint, uh, excuse me, the Rams can be a little more conservative with their game plan. I, I think Woods will be fine. He's, he's still a good player. He's still, they still want to throw the football. He's on the field a ton. I'm, I'm not worried. I'd certainly, you know, if you drafted him over Cooper Cup, you're probably kicking yourself a little bit. But I still think by the end of the day, by the end of the season, Woods is going to be fine, assuming there's no major issues at quarterback. Right. I, I think so, too. Uh, another game I really want to talk about was KC Detroit. Uh, I, you know, Detroit's 2-0-1, and their defense actually looks okay. I think that's one of the, the sneaky things is their defense is actually pretty good. And if you look at it, they, they went to Arizona, had to play in the you know high pace game against Arizona, came home against the Chargers, a pretty good offensive team, and then went on the road to Philly. And they, you know, they've looked pretty good in that so far. But this is another step up in level. Can they hang with the Chiefs? Uh, I, I You know what? Right now, the Chiefs are six point favorites. I'd take the Chiefs. In the I, I think they cover by more than that. I do think the Lions will put up points here. I lo- you know what? I love Matt Stafford last week against that Philly secondary, and he really didn't come through. Marvin Jones did, but Stafford didn't. But again, this is another game where you would expect the potential there is for Stafford to put points up. So I certainly think, you know, if you're if he was your backup to Breeze or Ben or whatever Cam, you know, he's vi- very viable this week. Certainly from DFS perspective, I think he's extremely viable. Um, but you got to worry a little bit about can he hang ultimately? He wasn't able to do it last week, but I think they can hang in there for a little bit. But, you know, again, the Chiefs really haven't been threatened. I mean, right. they, they, they don't run the ball all that great, but Mahomes is just making plays all over. And now they're, they're in the dome for the first time. You know, we're, we're talking about all these things Mahomes and the Chiefs have done. They've played outdoors the first three games. Now you're putting them on the fast track. You're putting Meek right. Hart and Robinson and all these guys on the fast track. I think it's going to be awfully tough for the Lions. That's why, again, I think that the, the Chiefs cover, and I think they cover pretty comfortably. I don't know. That Detroit fan base gets right. Oh, I can't even finish that sentence. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I uh, love Nicole Hardman this week. I, I think, you know, Sammy Watkins is kind of, you know, we, we talked him up after the Hill injury and after that first game, that week one game, and then he's disappointed the last two weeks. But he's gotten his share of targets. He just hasn't gotten the scores. I think he kind of redeems himself this week, too, especially if Slay can't go. That's big, yeah. I mean, certainly if Slay is out, now Watkins has a really good shot. Again, you're putting him on the fast track. So, uh, yeah, so keep an eye on Slay, uh, that status, that situation. I, I think that boosts uh, Watkins considerably. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, we'll see about that one there. And meanwhile, the offense for the Lions has been kind of eh. I mean, we, are always, we know that with the way that they, they structure their offense, that they want to run the ball more. They want to kind of slow the game down. They're, they're, they take longer to snap the ball even. That's one of those things. Like, they're just running fewer plays. They're the anti-Arizona. 
Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting to see you know to see that again a contrast with the Chiefs who really want to have a fast paced game, how that's going to play out. Well, and again, I think this week they will have to play faster. They're going to have to score points. It could be closer to what we saw week one, where they did have to play faster because the Cardinals were playing so fast. Yeah. So I, I think that again, I that's another reason why I like Stafford this week. I think he's going to be forced to throw it a lot and uh, try to keep up. So from a DFS perspective or even season long, I, I think Stafford's very, very viable. It could be a top 10 QB this week. Um, Galladay is always a good play, and I, I like Marvin Jones a lot this week. I liked him last week. I like him again this week. And so I, I, I think there's, there's the potential here for, uh, for Stafford and the receivers to have some pretty good days. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. So, uh, yeah, and I actually like on Johnson, too, this week. I think that, you know, it's kind of like Mark Ingram last week. You know, you kind of try to keep the ball out of the Chiefs' hands by running the ball well. And I know that he, he's, they struggled to get room for him last week, but I think it, Philly's a tough team to run against. I think that's that's part of that. I think they stacked the line against him. I watched every snap of that game, and he actually broke a lot of tackles. He actually made guys miss. So his 20 for 36 looks terrible, but it should have been like 20 for 20. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good running back. I, I, I think he's viable every week. It would be very few occasions, maybe, you know, the, the, the Bears games when those come up, that I would be reluctant to play him because he is a guy that you can use in the passing game. And that's the thing. If you got a tough run defense, you should be able to get the ball to your running back in the passing game to, to keep him involved. You know, that again, that's fundamental football coaching. This isn't, this isn't difficult, you know. So I do like Carryon Johnson. I like him this week. I don't know if he'll he'll do what Ingram did. That was pretty crazy. But certainly, there's always potential with Carryon Johnson every week. He's just a really good football player. Indeed. I want to move uh, to the waiver wire real quick. Uh, it's hard to find guys on the waiver wire in the NFFC. The twenty man rosters make it tough to find too many good good good, good contributors. But I think Gallman's got to be Wayne Gallman's got to be available in a lot of leagues this week. Uh, maybe not all of them, maybe not even half, but a good chunk more than you would expect. And, you know, you know, you know, then other players that when they emerge, I just, you know, cause who, you know, he's just, he was getting so little usage, but now big opportunity here. How aggressive would you be uh, for, if you're a prospective NFFC player, we're asking you how to go after him. Yeah, he isn't available in, in some of the leagues that I'm, I'm in fab and a couple of them. There's one league where I, could use a running back with 15 to 20 touches. And then the other ones are like, well, I don't need him, but I certainly don't want anybody getting him for cheap. But I don't even know if that's going to happen. I, I think the bids are going to be expensive tonight. It's, it's not so much about Wayne Gallman, who's not anything special. It's about the opportunity, right. at least initially, to get 15 to 20 touches in what looks to be an improved offense with a better quarterback. You know, And then next week, now Golden Tate comes back, a better offense. So there's an opportunity here. And we all know at the running back position, you don't have to be Barry Sanders to be valuable and viable in fantasy football. So we'll see about Wayne Gallman, but I do think we're going to see bids. I, I'd be shocked if there were if the, if the majority of bids, I think, are going to be 50 to 60 percent of fab budgets. I, that's what I expect tonight. And I think we're going to see some even crazier than that. I would be right. surprised if there were the majority of winning bids were under 50 percent of remaining fab tonight. Yeah, so uh, he is available in one of my 12-teamers, one of my onlines. Uh, and the other best running backs are Jeff Wilson, Jordan Howard, uh, you know, Ogubon, yeah. uh, Darrell Williams. I mean, it's it, – it there's some you – you, you can see some utility for these guys, but this is a clear opportunity. Plus, he gets – you know, he gets the Redskins this week, and he gets the Cardinals next week. Uh, he, after that, it gets kind of tougher, but you know what? You know, things change. Other people get hurt. He may prove to be actually pretty good. You know, the opportunity is clearly there. So I I tend to agree with you. I've got 937 out of my 1,000 left in this league. I might be putting a pretty hefty bet in here. Well, the other other thing I would say to that, too, and you mentioned Daryl Williams. As of the time we're we're doing this podcast, Damian Williams did not practice again today for the which is not good news. But, again, we still have time for him to get back. But Daryl Williams could certainly be the backup plan. If you don't get Gallman, put in a decent-sized bid for Williams, who who may get the opportunity to play again this Sunday if uh, Damian is out. So keep an eye on that situation. But that's how I would pri- – if those two guys are both available in your league, prioritize Gallman, obviously, because he's the clear starter. But I'd say put enough money in on Daryl Williams so that if you get outbid for Gallman, maybe you get a shot at, at Daryl. And maybe it's just one week. But, hey, one week with the Chiefs offense, that could do it for you. That could be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a plan. Yeah, both my uh, twelve teamers. He's available. Fourteen team classic. He is not available. So for uh, you know that that's just one point of view. I mean, that's twenty eight. You know, that, that's four. It's uh, forty more players off the table, and you can see how. Okay, every handcuff is basically gone in that league. So uh, until the next until you lose one cut via injury, the next man has to step up. But Tom, are there any other interesting free agent targets for you this week heading into Week Four? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about what you said earlier that even in the twelve teamers, there's not a lot left, and that's really the case. I'm seeing that in pretty much all my leagues. There's not much there. Yeah. Uh, I'd say a wide receiver. Maybe you could have some renewed interest in Adam Humphreys coming off the game that he had a week ago, but you know, he didn't show anything up until week three. So you right. shouldn't bid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy is what I'm saying. Paul Richardson could be a guy. If you're looking for a one week filler, I mean, Terry McLaurin's not going to catch everything uh, in a great matchup on Sunday, you know, and here's the, I do not, I, I got to preface this. I am not a Jay Ajayi fan at all, <laughs> but we got the report today that says he could be a week away from being game ready. And you know what? There are teams out there that need running back. Heck, the Giants may need a running back next week, right? We don't right. know a good Wayne Gallman. So, you know what? For a buck, and I don't think it'll cost you more than a buck, throw, throw up a dollar bid on Jay Ajayi, stash him, and just see what happens. I mean, you know, it can't hurt to have running back depth. You know, and that's a great point, too. It's like you, you mentioned Goldman, like he's the only game in town. Well, guess what? Teams aren't going to let that be. They're not going to say, OK, well, we don't want to have any other games in town. We want to have contingency plans of our own. They're going to sign people. They're going to find people. You know, it it's rarely stays that way. Uh, and running back is the most fungible position out there, too. So they'll find somebody. They'll add somebody. I'm pretty sure. Let me throw one wide receiver at you. Uh, or actually, I'm going to throw two. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 67% owned in the online championship happens to be available in one of my leagues, had a big play last week against the Niners, draws the Bengals this week. You know, you know, they, they, the whole Dante Moncrief experience seems to be done already. Uh, and he's been better than James Washington so far. Yeah. You know, Greg and I picked him up, uh, in the FSGA league last week. We didn't start him, but uh, right. he's on our bench. Um, yeah, he looks like the number two guy there. I mean, certainly we, we were we were thinking maybe it'd be James Washington, but that just hasn't happened yet. Uh, Dante Moncrief is toast, so there's an opportunity here, and it's certainly a plus matchup. Nothing scary about the matchup against the Bengals. The Bengals D showed up better in Week Three than Week Two. Yep. Uh, so that's encouraging for them, but I don't think it's a scary matchup. I also don't think it's a scary matchup for the Bengals offense. So I think there's going to be points in this game. I know you're probably not going to like this, Jeff, but mm-hmm. I like Andy Dalton this week. I really do. I mean, first of all, he's he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback right now. And, again, there is nothing scary about this matchup. The 49ers had their way with them last week. If it wasn't for all the turnovers, they'd probably score 30-plus points, right? Uh, maybe in 40. I mean, it was crazy, all their turnovers. And Garoppolo committed a number of them. So yep. we know it's prime time. We know bad Andy can show up in prime time. So that's a concern. It's a division game and all that. But... I do. I like Andy Dalton this week, Jeff. I do. Heinz Field is a particular house of horrors. Uh, the offensive line is what scares me. You know, they they just they have a hard time protecting them, especially when it matters most. They can't really run the ball all that effectively. That 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 hasn't changed. I don't think it's going to change. JJ Watt, not JJ Watt, uh, TJ Watt scares me. They got mixed going last week. A little bit. Uh, yep. A pretty good day. Um, and again, I don't think this Pittsburgh defense is very good. I mean, certainly not against the pass. I think the opportunity is there for, for Dalton. Now, again, division games, you always got to throw that in because it, it's different. These teams know each other very well, and certainly they, they know Andy Dalton well. But, you know, he's been, he's been putting up fantasy numbers three straight games. He has. And he... I thought last week was, was going to be the matchup that slowed him down. He put up over 300 again. Almost uh, all of it in the second half. That was such a crazy tale of two halves. That game was infuriating for a half. The Bengals looked like they had quit. They were making. They looked like the old Bengals making dumb penalties, dumb mistakes. They were lucky to be down fourteen nothing at halftime. Lucky, and then they were a much better team in the second half. And he almost obviously he threw the interception late, but you know there was a, a drop by John Ross in the fourth quarter that was pretty bad. Yep. You know, so Dalton gave them the opportunity to win. And that was a, a tougher defense to face than he's going to face on Monday night. So I wish the game was in Cincy for Dalton, but it's not. So 
but I still like him. I'm telling you, for a DFS play, nobody's – the ownership Randy Dalton, if you're playing a full slate uh, attorney, um, it, nobody's going to be playing Andy Dalton this week, right? Probably I mean, true, including so, me. I'm a self-hating Bengals fan. You know that, Tom. I know that, and that's yeah. why I had to apologize in advance. But I, I'm actually uh, – I, I, I like Andy Dalton a lot this week. I'm just going to say it. All right, cool. Uh, the other guy I wanted to bring up uh, was ghosted for the first two weeks of the season. Only activity was throwing a pass. Last week he caught the game winner, Dante Pettis of the Niners. They're on by this week, so you don't have to spend anything to get them. If you have a spot where you could throw them on a stash because people got frustrated and cut them early, I think he's kind of worth it. It depends on what you're getting rid of. Um, yeah. I, I dropped him in a couple leagues. Uh uh, I am. I just. I don't know what to make of that situation. To be perfectly honest with you, okay. I, I, other than Kittle, I mean, we know that Kittle's he's locked in, um, but I, I don't know what to make of the running back situation when Tevin Coleman comes back. You got Jeff Wilson. Is, I mean, they're going to carry four running backs and keep Wilson vulturing touchdowns. I don't know. And their wide receivers are going to be Marquise Goodwin or Pettis or Debo Samuel. I mean. I don't know. I don't think it's a situation where there's so much talent the 49ers don't know what to do with. I think it's a situation where there's so many guys that are, aren't are that great. They're, they're comparable level. They don't know what to do with. So my guys, they just don't stand out. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, that was the last guy I was going to suggest. Actually, you know, similar vein. I've seen a lot of people cut Corey Davis, uh, and I might have been that guy in one league. Uh, I just I'm, – I'm done. I'm just done. I, I have no problem with that. I mean, again, he, he's talented, but Mariota's awful. Right now, you've got two guys in Tennessee that you can start with any level of confidence. Yep. That's Derek Henry and Delaney Walker, and that's it. And I, certainly, if you're keeping Corey Davis, you're not starting him anytime soon. And even when the buys really start to hit, you got to look. Excuse me, you got to look at your roster and go, really? That's what I want to do. Right. I mean, it, it's Am awful. I ever going to get the volume? I mean, uh, that's just the thing, and I just can't trust it. I just can't. So. No, I don't either. I mean, again, it's it's short, intermediate stuff. That's where Delaney Walker thrives, and as we saw last week, that's what Adam Humphreys can do for you. That's what Mariota can do as a quarterback, short, intermediate stuff. He's not going to be a guy who's going to consistently take shots and make shots downfield, and that's what Corey Davis needs. Exactly right. Tom, thank you so much for jumping on with us. I know that we ended on a downer, but uh, it was a fun talk with you. Uh, thank you for jumping on the podcast, and always enjoy doing our chats on uh, Sirius and XM on Mondays. My pleasure, Jeff. Glad I could uh, join you today. A lot of fun. All right, cool. Do, go play the NFFC uh, next year. Play the NF or the NFHC or NFBKC. Get ready for baseball drafts. They're coming up soon. Thanks to Yahoo for uh, sponsoring this podcast, as always. We'll be back at you again tomorrow. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.